This is the Hop Podcast. What is it like to go 140 kilometers an hour? Oh, I was completely out of control. It was probably one of the scariest things I've ever done on a skateboard. Are you it was, oh, 100%. We had, like, we had a, a dead straight tailwind, so it just you just felt like you were falling. This is episode six of the Hop Podcast, and we are interviewing Brendan Bass today. Skaters know him, know him as Bassy, and I've wanted to interview Bassy for a while. He was in that legendary IDF World Cup final at Mount Kira in 2006, so I've always wanted to hear his take on how the final went down for him. This interview I did at Newton's this year, it was an impromptu interview. We were putting bales on a truck, cleaning the track. An hour earlier, Bassie had just come second in the open downhill final, and now he was throwing hay bales like they were pillows on a truck. And during a break, we were waiting for the truck to come back empty. I took the opportunity to interview Bassie and uh, ask him about what happened in the final while it was fresh in his memory. You can hear Rob McWinnie in the background of this recording. You'll hear him uh, on his double kick sliding through Forest Elbow, doing various tricks. On that, just an apology on the poor quality of this podcast, so... I didn't use any microphones. This was just done on my iPhone. We're out on track at Forest Elbow. But please bear with it because there's some good stories in this interview. The first 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, is the Newton's interview. And then I followed up just recently. I did a phone interview for another 20 minutes. Again, this is the really poor part of the uh, podcast I wasn't using a microphone again. It sounds a little bit tinny. I'm on my iPhone. And I was recording through my voicemail, my Telstra voicemail. And they were only giving me five-minute long recordings. So every five minutes, you'll probably notice a little awkward edit. That's me stitching the audio together. Anyway, this interview, it's a lot of fun. I ask some really good questions, obviously, the headline of the podcast, we talk about the top speed challenge and how fast Bassie got, uh, 141 kilometres an hour, and what exactly it's like to go that fast on a skateboard. We talk about Arung Hill at Korea this year. He podiumed last year. It was wet this year. He came 10th or 9th, I think. And uh, we talk about the differences uh, how to make rain wheels on a mountain when you've got nothing. And uh, Bassie actually made rain wheels for like 30% of the skaters at a rung hill this year. So we hear the funny story of how he managed to do that. We talk about his races last year, Kozakov, how he finished up for the year, some of the races, because he got seventh in the world. There's also a lot of good stuff in here. If you're just starting out in downhill, you're getting into it, you're a young young grom, Bassie Talks has a few tips for you. I ask him, you know, how to get into downhill, and he has some really good advice. And what is great about Bass is he's just such a nice bloke. He's literally the nicest bloke in downhill. You know, he has a lot of time for young people and for fellow skaters. He's not one of these guys that's just dripping in talent, that it just all came easily to him. You know, Bassie's had to work to get as fast as he has and to get into the sport, and we talk a bit about that. So 
he's not just one of these guys that jumped on a skateboard and started, you know, going 100 kilometres an hour and beating everyone. It was a long grind and uh, it was a, a, a bit of an apprenticeship on Mount Stewart. And you hear about that. And I think that's encouraging for people getting into the sport that you just don't start winning races, you know, when you start starting out. You know, there is a learning curve. Anyway, this is the interview. Please bear with it. It's a really good one. And enjoy. So we've got Bass, and he's going to tell us about uh, the final second at Newton's 2018. So you're on the start line. Where, where were you on the start? Where'd you get? Uh, I started second from the inside, or second from the right, and um, I'd been starting there all day. It seemed like a pretty good place to start for me. Um, on the push-off, it was me, Josh Evans, uh, Pepe Laporte, and... Uh, um, uh, Tiago. Tiago, Tiago. Um, and so Tiago was coming, th- going third into the first corner. Uh, Tiago was second. Okay. So they all pushed off, and I knew I wasn't going to get into them because they're way faster pushers than me. Um, they all pushed off. Uh, Pepe in third, Tiago in second. Josh pushed out front. Um, they all stayed in that formation um, until the elbow. Josh was only air braking. Tiago and Pepe slid, and I was doing a foot break pretty early. Um, unfortunately for Josh, he scrubbed a little bit out on the exit and then lost a bit of speed, so then we all sort of packed up a bunch. I drafted past Pepe, uh, and then Tiago and Josh were swerving side to side across the road trying to play draft tag. So, so who was first at that stage? Tiago had passed into first, and he was trying to desperately shake Josh off his tail and then I tried to come in on the on the action I got a fair bit of extra exit speed tried to come in on the draft action and um this is going into forest oh, elbow no nah, sorry this is this is on the last straight this is after oh, forest last, yeah 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 right yeah yeah um so you all went through forest we all made it through forest nice and clean I was very happy about that so Thiago's in the lead followed by Josh yeah and Tiago, then Thiago's in the lead Thiago, on the straight on yeah. down Conrod yeah and they're all trying to shake each and Thiago's trying to shake yeah they're just zigzagging across the whole road and I sort of steamrolled up towards Josh in behind Thiago and then were you thinking of a double draft at that stage? oh I was just trying to get past Thiago or I was just trying to get to Thiago and then um, me and Josh sort of like swerved into each other and like sort of had like a little bump but that was alright I, um, I managed to keep more exit speed or more speed as well and then it was pretty much just a drag race to the finish line um yeah i think so uh, chago was unstoppable at that stage he just couldn't be caught he's the magic man (laughs) he's the magic man and you and you were just like drag racing josh were you yeah i pulled out i got in behind tiago and then i pulled out on him and then i was slowly slowly gaining but it was it was all over Red Rover. I think Pepe drafted past Josh as well. Oh, right, I, I wasn't yeah. so sure. Yeah, yeah, well, you were out in front. Oh, out, yeah, yeah, and he got third. So yeah, yeah, no, it was oh, it was such an epic race. I'm, yeah. I'm really stoked on it. It was, um, yeah, it, went, it was a good weekend, wasn't it? Oh, it was a stellar weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, it was such good weather. It was, it was a cracker. Just... <laughs> it was a cracker. The track was a little bit slipperier than last year. I think um, I don't know. It feels like there's more just like race carness on the road. Yeah, so they had the six-hour last weekend, so... 
yeah. they dumped a lot of rubber on the track. Yeah, they definitely could feel it. You couldn't really pull on your wheels very much before they sort of started just skimming. Um, yeah, a lot of people were complaining they had loads of black stuff on their wheels, but um, there were still freshies underneath. So, no, it was it was friendly for my wheels. I still have lots of lots of nice race wheels. So, what's your race setup at the moment? Um, I've got uh, Carlos Paxial. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yeah, yeah. I've got his um, pro model board, the Black Mamba, uh, on the. Prolite Ronins is set at 154 mil um, with Magnums, the Venom Magnums. Ah, the Ronins, sorry, 45-40 degrees split. And have you been playing around with that or that's been pretty much set the last few years? That's been me for a while. I've gone, I went a little bit stiffer. I put a um, a 97A Venom in the back just, um, just before Killington. Um, because that thing's a monster. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sorted out a lot of little twitches and stuff. But apart from that, so I've just got purple and red in the front and then pink and white in the back. And right. that's, the, that's the magic numbers for me. Right. I've been running it for years. Yeah. And how long have you been on the Venoms? I've uh, been riding the Venoms for a bit over two years now. Right. Um, and, oh, man, they just keep getting better and better. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. And bearings? Uh, I bought a set. Oh, actually, no, I sponged a set off Delure. I got some uh, Honda bearings ah, at top speed hot, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Man, that was so cool. <laughs> uh, man, they just spin forever. That's cool. Ass. Yeah, yeah. Honda's very underrated. They, oh, they do some good stuff. Mate, if you're looking for bearings that spin forever, yeah. oh, man, it's incredible. And what grip do you use? Ah, uh, locked on, locked on. Yeah. yeah, locked on. Got some deck screws in there. Got a Venom Torque block on the back. Yeah, uh, got me Righty's speed equipment footstop on the front. Yeah. Um, oh mate, the combination's magical. Yeah. The and you did the like the speed run thing last year. Was that last year where they were trying to see break the world oh, record, that sort of thing? Top where, speed. Yeah, top yeah, speed. yeah. Top speed. That was oh man, that was off chops. And where was that? Was that in Canada? Yeah, that was uh, up on the east coast, up just up uh, further than Montreal. Um, and it was just this crazy town, super steep straight that just sort of oh man, it was it was insane. It was so steep. Wow. And what was your final number? Uh, I got 141.3 something. I'm not too sure on the points. but um, What is it like to go 140 kilometres an hour? Uh, I was completely out of control. It was <laughs> probably one of the scariest things I've ever done on a skateboard. Are you serious? Really? Uh, 100%. We had, like, we had a, a dead straight tailwind, so it just you just felt like you were falling. So, yeah, I was, I was completely out of control. I was still on my same setup, same wheelbase. Oh, really? It was silly as. I should have changed it. <laughs> but um, that's all right. No, it was... Oh, and did you, uh, did you weigh yourself down? Or did you... Like, there was some pictures of you putting mm, mm. stuff on your board. Did you weigh your board down? Were you allowed yeah. to do that sort of stuff? Yeah, so with, the, um, with the, the regulations, you're allowed to max your board out to, uh, like, a max weight. It's like 15... 15 pounds with uh, 0.5 discrepant or like you get like 0.5 leeway so I think my board was like pretty much maxed out I put a a 5 pound lead block on the bottom of it 
and um, then I used a couple of rolls of duct tape to try and make it a bit more aero. <laughs> it, was, it was good fun. It was a really fun weekend. Was, oh, right. Just a bunch of nerds hanging out. And was that by invite, or that was just you registered for that? Um, I think it's by invite, but it's pretty lax invite. Like I think we just messaged the organiser to see if we could come, and they gave us the go-ahead. I mean, you don't really want inexperienced riders on that hill because it is wow it's it's loose as and tame the taipan what's your summary of that <sighs> if you're not there next year you're blowing it <laughs> oh mate, that that hill is no it's everything you could ever ask for it's steep it's fast it's corners both way there's slides there's railing there's sketchy pavement there's good pavement there's oh it's so good it's so good it's oh man, one of one of the best events in a long time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's so good that we've got another one. Highly recommend attending. Yeah. Highly recommend it. And what, so, what um, what races did you do last year when you travelled? You went to North America. Yeah, yeah, did um, did uh, far. I went everywhere last year. Really? Um, did North America, but before that, I was in Europe. Um, before that, I was in South Korea and China. Mm. We um we managed to get over for that um that China race. I don't think it ended up being IDF, but yeah. it was man, it was crazy ass. <laughs> and what was um what was Korea like? What's that hill like? Oh man, that that hill. I think uh, I've got it on fresh news that they've just repaved the whole thing. So it's going to be a very different hill from last year, but I think it's going to be really really fast. It's it's super super technical in the in the top. And then just balls to the wall in the bottom. So it's, it's all about just, um, all about just sending it as hard as you can, and just. Yeah. And the, hay, the hay bale trucks here. So we've got a last question. Where, where are you travelling this year? Uh, South Korea again. South, South Korea. Korea. Are and you going to go Europe or? No? Not this year. Just no. South Korea. The bankroll yeah. is saying no. <laughs> still, I'm still paying for the last trip. Uh, Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm picking up the conversation. I started a interview with Brennan Bass at Newton's. We were sitting on top of a hay bale. We had a quick uh, chat in between um, putting hay bales away. And we're going to uh, continue the conversation. So, Brennan, so what do stables call you? They call you Bassy or Brendan or Bass? What do you, uh, what do yeah. you call pretty, pretty much just Bass. Brennan pretty much just too Bass. hard for a lot of people. <laughs> and then my last name was too hard for people, so it just got shortened to bath. And you went to uh, Korea again? Yeah, yeah, I went out to Korea. What uh, was it like? Because, well, I mean, it's two completely different races. You, you oh, came fourth last year, but this year, mm. new surface and lots of water. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, it was definitely wet on those days. Um, yeah, I... Um, I wasn't very prepared this year. <laughs> um, no, it was yeah, it was it was interesting with the new surface. You could you could go a lot harder into the bottom, which was it was really cool on quality day. Um, I think nobody really knew what to expect, um, and the the bottom chicane sort of got a, a different kind of gnarly. It was like it was a bit slower last year, um, but they didn't have any hay bales on the inside of the corner. So you could just hang right over the ditch and use the whole road and sort of slowly drift towards the hay bales. But um, this this year they had some hay bales on the inside because people get falling in the ditch last year. Um, so that sort of tightened the circuit up a little bit and you're going in a lot faster. 
um, just because of how nice and smooth the bottom section was. It was, oh, it was so nice. And I heard that the skaters on finals day wanted to shorten the track, that they thought the bottom half was too dangerous in the wet. Mm, yeah, there was conversation about it in the um, in the top 16, but um, I think uh, in the end we ended up keeping it. I think it was uh, it was sort of half and half. Um, it was I think the bottom section in the wet. It was it was pretty dangerous. I think it mostly came from a few people um, going a little bit too hard into the hay and then getting cleaned up by people coming through behind them. Mm. But um, I think in the end we ended up keeping it just because of like broadcasting and um, I think people just had to settle down a little bit um, to sort of make it down the track. Safety was probably more more at the front of people's mind than winning. And was that the broadcasting? Was that uh, that hard? I heard that throughout the the organisation or the race format a little bit. Is that hard to follow? Yeah, it was it was a different race format. Um I think it was it, it was definitely interesting. Um and I think it was maybe a little bit rocky this year. Um just while they were getting everything sorted out. Especially I think they had a new crew of track marshals this year as well. Just because the the scene in South Korea is so young, so it's sort of just finding its feet, but I think next year is going to be even more professional. So I think it got a little bit. Uh, I think it got a little bit much this year, but um, I think next year they've got they've definitely got some things they're going to do to make it better and yeah, even even bigger than one, even bigger than this year. On one of the Shreddy Mike videos, it showed you. Were you cutting wheels? Mm. How, how did you do rain wheels? Is that what yeah. you, you you were using a what were you using like a tire or something? Sorry, yeah, so yeah, me and probably thirty percent of the other competitors forgot to ring rain wheels, um, and then we sort of didn't think it. Was, I think everybody just thought it was going to be dry, so everybody forgot their rain wheels, and then uh, I at Kingsgate last year, we made some rain wheels by jacking up one wheel of a car, and then you sort of jam your board against the spinning wheel. Um, you just like chuck it in first, and the wheel slowly spins, and um, then you just sort of get like a screwdriver and cut whatever grooves you want into it. Oh, it's pretty right. sketchy. Um, <laughs> definitely better ways of making rain wheels. <laughs> um, so initially. Um, we, I, I tried to organise a jack um, at the race this year. Um, anyways, the bus drivers eventually got one for us, um, and then we got over to a higher car, and the jack didn't work. So by that stage, we had a mob of people that were just keen to make rain wheels. So we sort of perched it up on a gutter and had a bunch of people sitting on the back passenger side, and then. We got some bricks underneath the wheels and slowly jacked it up and, oh, it was so dangerous. Anyways, we got the front wheel off the ground and then um, started cutting wheels and then it fell off the jack, or it fell off the rocks that we had underneath the chassis. Um, so then we decided to stop doing that. Then the bus drivers walked past and asked why we weren't using the jack and 
just apparently had a spare jack um, sitting around, so that was good. And then we got the jack underneath it and uh, spent the next two hours sort of carving rain wheels for a bunch of people. Uh, and they worked well? Um, yeah, some people's worked well. Um, other, yeah, we found out that high rebound urethane is terrible for making rain wheels out of. Um, doesn't matter how good your grooves are, it's still not going good for the road. So and that's what type right. of wheels are yours, high rebound wheels? Yeah, I, I've used some high rebound ones now. Oh, excellent when it's dry, not excellent when it's wet. I was using the, the Magnums this year. And that was, so uh, grip was the difference between 4th and 10th? Uh, mm, no, I think lack of experience and not, yeah, I think I was not very good in the wet. Um, so well, you, when do you, you, you just, I mean, it's almost like a once in a lifetime, like skating something like that in the wet. Oh yeah, no, nobody like something you can nobody, get experience on, is there? <laughs> yeah, nobody really knew what to expect. The road turned out pretty grippy for a lot of people. Um, by the end of it, especially with so much water on the road, you're gripping most of the bottom section anyway. So mm. it didn't really. It was kind of doing the same run. It was just a hell of a lot scarier and a little bit slower, just because of how much puddles there were. Hmm. Mm. No, I wanted to ask you, how did you get into downhill? Um, uh, I don't know. I think my mate uh, wanted to buy a longboard from the skate shop in Townsville once. Um, we were into BMX at that stage, and I think he just wanted to have something for getting around, and he bought like a little Saturnine kicktail, and then I skated at home. And, oh, man, it was the funnest thing ever. So I went back to the skate shop the next day and bought my own. I got a, a second iron pintail. And, um, oh, then Townsville's a pretty flat place, so it was really good for, like, pushing around and uh, there was plenty of places to skate. So mostly, mostly I just used it for commuting and skating along the beach um, throughout the first year or so. And then I... um. I saw these dudes up near my friend's house. They were um, wetting the road down and sliding through it and doing 180s in the in the wet patch. And oh man, it was the coolest thing ever. So uh, um, I went to the skate shop and asked the dude how to um, how to do slides. And then he um, put me in contact with the like sort of the local crew. And then was they, um, yeah, this is Ada that runs Creative Scouts. Um, oh. Yeah, he was, he was a big influence in my downhill start-up. Um, yeah, so I just started skating with these guys and learned how to pendy. And then so you got into sliding and then it just, it just progressed into going fast downhill? Yeah, it's... Um, We've only got one good hill in Townsville, but the one good hill we have is like it's world class. Um, so I is sort of Mount started Stewart? learning how to slide. Oh yeah, it's Mount Stewart. Yeah. Um, and then I uh, went back to Creative Skate and asked Ado how to sort of progress. And then he he said that they go out to Mount Stewart every Sunday morning and do ten runs. So 
um, went up there and just got like the rule of like you've got to have leathers and a full face to skate with with those guys and you've got to be able to prove that you can skate yourself. So I went up there in my jumper and my jeans and elbow pad and knee pads and then spent the first six weeks pending the last straight until they were happy with my sliding. It took me so long to figure it out. And then they took me up to the top and did the slowest run of Mount Stewart I think anybody's ever done. And uh, yeah, it all just went from there. Hey, they did those free ride events up there? Mm, the yeah, yeah. I saw it one year and I was like, man, i got to do this. And then I did it the next year and um, then uh, I think that was the second or third last year of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, oh, it was such a sick event. Raising money to charity. Yeah, yeah. And what was your first race? Um, oh, my first race. First first IDF race was Mount Kira. Yeah. yeah. Um, I missed the last Newtons. Sorry? Did you do racing before that? Yeah. Uh, one of the guys up here, Mike English, had like a, did like a uh, outlaw series. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, pretty regularly. Oh, so yeah. there was always, there was always some sort of race going on and, yeah, I always tried to make it out to those. Um, and then, what else? I feel like, was it, was Renzi's right before Kira? Yeah. And, yeah, um, there, were, there were a few lead up different sort of races. Yeah, I think there was Renzi's and there was, um, what was the other one? Wild West. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, I went to those two and they were about the most legit races I've been to before Kira. And you made um, the final at Kira. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was pretty and, stoked about that. And what happened in the final? Because obviously I've spoken to a lot of people that, oh, you know, Max and Jacko that were in that final. But mm-hmm. they sort of like, it was, I mean, here is a long track. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened? You sort of like, everyone pushed out and then you kind of like lost touch with the leaders. What? what yeah, what I think. Were you close at the end? Um... I wouldn't say close. The other guys are definitely closer. Yeah. Um, I think I it was yeah, it was my first big race and like there was like some big names there and like they were Wait, what year was Kira? Uh two thousand and sixteen. Wow. Man. No, I lied. Um my first international races were with Almatrix in Europe. Uh, twenty twenty fourteen Armour Troop was the last Armour Troop. Oh, yeah. So the the last Armour Troop on the old track. And then I went to Kozakov and Perigoods that year as well. Yeah, so I guess Kira was my first... Those tracks were the shooter gear. Yeah, I was very inexperienced. Yeah. And it, I think that year was a very good learning curve for me that year. Yeah. I don't think I made it past the first round in racing. I think every round starts out and downhill like that. Oh, most certainly. Uh, that final in 2016 at Kira, everyone just pushed out and you sort of lost touch. It's always yeah, I think it was a pretty spaced out event until the end. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was I just didn't want to get... Everybody was like tussling real hard and stuff in the in the finals. 
I think I was probably more afraid of getting in a tangle with like such big name guys like you know these guys were like the Max Balsteros and Jackson Shapiro and was it Tiago or was it Delua? Yeah. Uh, Delua. Uh, it was Delua. Yeah, and it was like the Delua. So I was like, um, I was just, I was just a little old bass, and I didn't want to cause any trouble for the for the big guns. <laughs> so I sort of, I think I played it probably way too safe in the finals. But that's all right. Just all learning. And so the next year, you were in the country final at Newtons. Yeah, yeah. And what what happened there? In the in the semi finals, I um came in cooking into the forest too hard and did about half the footbreak that I did pretty much every other run and um, came around, slammed into the bales and then my board bounced out and um, poor old Alex Charleston cleaned up my skateboard and uh. he um, yeah, he went fine and then Mitch and Daniel Engel um, shot through um, yeah and I, I was going to race the Contis but um, my truck's Ended up snapping, so um, just from the force of yeah, from the force of Alex hitting my board, it um, did this snapped, didn't snap my axle, bent my kingpin, um, snapped my pivot point off, and then I think bent my hangers. So it was it was a pretty brutal hit. Um, do you travel with spares now, or do you just see that as just a freak accident? Oh, again. Uh, fingers crossed it doesn't happen again. I mean, I've done some pretty silly things on my trucks and I haven't broken yet, so I think it was just a one-off. Mm. Yeah. So then, you, after that, you got fourth in Korea and then second in Kosakov. Yeah. Oh, man, it was a it was a sick year last year. Oh, my goodness. And Went, like, that would suit you, that, I mean, that's a, that's like a big boy's hill. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the final straight was definitely my time to shine. Um, and, and how so, far away from Thiago were you? He, oh, oh yeah, Thiago. Unless someone magical comes along, Thiago will never lose Kozakov again. Um, he's oh mate, he is precise. Like in the in the way that he, I think I raced on his side of the bracket, and we had a few heats together. And he passed me in exactly the same spot every single run. So he was just, oh, it was precision. It was mechanical. Yeah, no, it was, it was wicked. So he was probably about, oh, 15 meters in front, 10 meters in front. And then I only just managed to creep up on Carlos just before the line. So that was, that was a very cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so, uh, Vedecio and then Tiolo, that was... Tiolo wasn't really your race. Mm, yeah, I, was, I mean, Yeah, I just... Uh, I don't know what I did in Tiolo. I, I crashed. It's one, of those, it's one of those tracks where you can't crash or else you can't pick up speed and you can't really get going again. Yeah, there's there's no coming back from it. Um, yeah, there's no coming back. It was, I think mean, most people were pushing out of half the corners. And I just, yeah, I don't know, I just wasn't on the game. Um, but Killington, no. So, Killington just crashed out in the semis. Did yeah. You the semi? Yeah, um, semis? No, maybe it's called it. No. Um, 
What's Killington like? That's another big Killington deal. Killington Oh, my goodness, Killington Snowy. I qualified well, but um, I feel like it was quarters because I don't think I raced Comptish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been quarters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was with uh, Emily and Kyle. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, I just, I just kind of I tried to lead through the straight, which was really, and then um, uh, Kyle and Emily passed me just before the big turn at the end of the straight. And then uh, uh, I've been sliding a lot later than the majority of people, so I think I just set up too slow and all of a sudden everybody was skidding in front of me and I didn't really, <laughs> didn't handle it as well as I could have. So that's all right, I had a, had a spill and finished the race, but that was that was the end of it. It helps when you travel and race a lot. You always get Yeah. That. I mean, it's oh, one of those things. Unfortunately, the only... You're gone. Oh, sorry, yeah. The only way to get better at racing, I think, is just through racing, just practicing at racing and yeah, just skating as hard as you can pretty much all the time. Um, I mean, what do you think makes you good at downhill? Is it just you're big and you're fast? Like, what are no, your, no. what do you think your advantages are that you have in downhill that you're just fast? Can you catch people or? Um, I think I'm pretty lucky because I'm a lot heavier than most people. Um, so I'm like, I'm like 95 kilos at the moment. Um, and, I think that sort of helps me a lot in the straights. Um, you can accelerate and catch people. Catch yeah, people big, catch time. Anything. big time. The only problem is I've got a massive draft of my own. Um, <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. you got a big target on your back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I find I, I tend to do a lot better at all grip tracks than sliding tracks. Mm. Um, but I think, again, that's just to do with my weight. Um, and then just, just practice, I guess. And yeah. That skating with Josh is always, oh my goodness, it just makes you want to be faster. Yeah. Yeah, he is, he's fast at the moment. He's just, getting, oh, he seems to be getting faster. Oh, you, you mark my words, Josh Evans will have a stellar season. I mean, yeah, he's definitely my pick this year. He just seems to be on the cusp. You know, he's just getting those fourths, fourth fifths. He's just sort of yeah. like, um, no, whether it's just, uh, I don't know. He he does it's, seem to have the complete package, so it just seems to be a matter of time. Oh, he's, I, I don't think I've seen, he's probably, yeah, I don't think anybody's trained harder than him over this last summer. Um, really? Like, pretty much his whole life revolves around training for downhill, so Mm. Oh, so nice. Every time you skate with him, he's always, like, he pushes into everything, and he's, even if you're doing, like, a, a free ride run and you're just doing standees, he's, like, tucking between standees, and, oh, mate, it's just, yeah, he is the downhill machine. Um, so I think I think this year's going to be easier. He's going to break the mould on the fourth, and yeah, he's going to be on podiums. He's going to be on podiums everywhere this year. And young oh, yeah. people listening to this, how, what advice would you give them about getting into downhill or, or skating fast? Um, I think the biggest thing is you just got to accept that occasionally you're going to get hurt. Um, and if you can 
get the fear of getting hurt out of your mind and just accept it, then you'll be a lot more focused on what you're actually doing as opposed to how silly it feels to be doing what you're doing. So I think you you progress a lot faster when you've gotten past the fear of pain. It's just, it's just, it's just part of the sport, I guess. I think you just got to just take every opportunity you can. If there's a crew in your city that does dawn runs, try and get in with them. The biggest thing for grommets coming up and trying to get faster and more into like downhill and racing is just if there's a if there's a crew that does dawns in your area, just take every chance you can to get in with them. Um, if you're skating with older people or you're skating with faster people, listen to what they have to say because they were you once and now they're them. So I think you just gotta yeah, you just gotta pay attention to what people that are faster than you have to say because it's generally how you get faster. That's good advice. Shout outs. Um well no, massive shout outs to Crowd Skate and oh Ado from Crowd Skate because he's oh, he's a legend, isn't he? He's oh my dead set legend. Like I don't know where you would be without him. Oh no, this is yeah, you'd be in ruins without him. Um, yeah, if you're ever, if you're from a different country and you're ever in Australia, or for whatever reason anyone goes to Townsville, right, that is a skateboard museum of a of a skate shop. My goodness, he's got some, he's got some cool old stuff in there. Um, yeah, Craig Skate has been probably the biggest hookup ever. Um, he's definitely been a massive influence in my skating career and a lot of the decisions I've made in life. Yeah, no, he's a yeah. Proper proper top guy. Yeah. Um also uh Venom. Uh, Zach and Rollo from Venom Skate. Oh mate, those guys yeah, they looked after me a lot in the last especially last season and the season before or the year before that. They um yeah, they really helped me. Good and yeah, and yeah. They they have some excellent advice and some excellent products. Like all especially the wheels that come out, they just oh, it's ridiculous. They just they're game changers. Yeah. If you if you're at a race and uh Zach's doing a track walk, go and see if you can get do the track walk with him. Because paying attention to little stuff like the pavement changes and how to take lines and corners Sorry if I've stitched you up, Zach, but you need to go and listen to what that man has to say. Dark Steve Gloves, always hooking it up. Thanks, Tony. Oh, Roman Trucks. Um, I broke my trucks at Newton's last year, and they had a new set of trucks for me in two weeks. It was yeah, it was super appreciated. Um, great news. Yeah, very, very much appreciated because I didn't really know what I was going to do. Tilly Pucks, always hooking it up. Carlos for making a sick pro model. Can't wait for more to be available mid-year. Thanks, Vulture, for making neck-saving helmets. They have mm-hmm. saved my melon more than more than once. So high-quality, high-quality gear. Yeah, thanks for IDF for running sick races. Thanks for oh. uh, thanks for taking the time and no, having right. a chat. Thanks for, thanks for thinking of me. Okay, that's the end of the Bass interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope I ain't asked all the questions you've really wanted to ask Bassey. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to him. And uh, 
a big, big thank you to Bassey because he, he really did uh, bear with me and my amateur pod- podcasting skills. I had to I had to recall him and re every five minutes I was calling him and like re recording the uh, the podcast. So um, I've learnt a lot. We won't I won't be using that technique again. I'm looking at some other ways of uh, recording interviews. Anyway, the next one I've got a a few up my sleeve. I still haven't done the Josh Evans interview. I'm still chasing him. Hopefully I'll get Jevons on the line soon and. Uh, I'll record that so the next episode's a surprise. Uh, hopefully, I'll have another one out in another week. Hop out.